0: psychics find
1: Kelly Snyder here with Valerie Graham and Find Me, Police Psychics, and more, produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. Today's guest is Peggy Romito. She's uh, been in the Find Me group for quite some time, and uh, welcome to the uh, radio show today, Peggy.
2: Thanks, Kelly and Valerie. I'm happy to be here.
0: We're certainly happy that you're here, and we are also watching the chat line on hearwomentalk.com. So please post your questions on the chat and we'll answer you live. And Peggy, you had a very interesting way in which you joined Find Me.
2: <laughs> I did, I did. It was um, was back in 2002. I happened to be out in California uh and I was um, attending a birthday party and uh and the next day I was invited to go to uh Deepak Chopra's place there and uh so I went along and happened to meet uh Christopher Robinson and when I when I met Chris uh, the FBI was there, and and everybody was, you know, really interested in his psychic, psychic connection and his ability to be able to um, to do remote viewing. And um, and my friends who took me happened to be uh, Demi Moore and Donna Karen. So it was it was really good, quite amazing thing for the the four of us to be, and for me to be able to meet Deepak was just like over the moon. He was somebody I've read it out all his books for for years. So it was just a real exciting time for myself. and then um, when I met Christopher, we just hit it off right away and had such a great connection that we stayed in touch and it was shortly after that that he started to tell me about the Find me group and um, and as soon as he he mentioned it to me, I was all about it. I was could not just i mean I just wanted to join so quickly because I had so many experiences on my own that I wanted a buffer <laughs> between myself <laughs> yes. and the police. I wanted a go between because I had such a bad experience um, on a case that I had worked on my own.
0: So you needed someone who knew the ropes and knew the way to I, you do know, it.
2: For so many reasons, Find Me is is such an amazing organization. I mean, the fact that you know we are here to help people um, bring closure to their you know t- to what's going on. I mean, it's I can't imagine anything more devastating to have. A, a loved one who's missing to have no clue what happened to them, whether they're dead or alive, or or where they are, or if somebody's abducted them and taken them. You know, even if it's a family member, or you know, an ex-wife or an ex-husband who has gone with a child. I mean, uh, just the the things that we work on, it, it's just so gut wrenching, um, and I'm I'm so grateful for the group and to be able to participate in it. And um, I, I have always wanted to be able to do something and, and give back in some way with my gift and of course the, the group is all nonprofit so none of us make any money from it and um, which is what also you know something I think that's very important to all of us involved with the group that um, as we do these cases it makes us uh, you know that we're doing some good in the world so it, um, it is something that I really believe in wholeheartedly and, and so like I said I've, I've been a member about eight years and I know that Kelly's grown the group tremendously since I've joined. Um, and so it's it's just getting bigger and and more detailed and i I and that's Kelly's headache. I can't imagine <laughs> dealing with with a hundred psychics and all of yes. our all over you know, the world. Yeah. yeah, all over well, the world.
1: The good news is that door is always open. We want psychics to join the group, and there is no magic number. The you know the honesty here is if you have a psychic out there that's sitting there and is you know worried about someone finding out about you know her being a psychic or him being a psychic none of that is brought out in the group so you know anyone can join and we're always looking for anyone that's going to be dedicated to do exactly what you said Peggy, and that is uh... try to help a family or the police solve a homicide or find find someone's uh, loved one and uh... And help them uh, bring closure to um, at least that portion of uh, you know what we're trying to accomplish. There's um, a lady that came into the chat room, or a person came in. I don't know if it's a lady or a guy, but last week and uh, and uh, all up in arms about the fact that you know we use the word closure. Well, I don't know any other word other than. Resolution and resolution and closure are the same word, essentially. So,
0: Thesaurus uh, says so.
1: (laughs) Well, and more important than anything, that's we're here to, to help people. You know, if she wants to hold their hand afterwards because she lives in a certain location, I can't hold people's hands and I can't do that kind of thing, and we don't offer that anyway, even though we've done it in the past locally. Because uh, people are requesting our help from all over the world. So that's, that's
2: well, you a- know, I think too that closure means different things to different people. And for somebody, if you can think about it, I, I just got off the phone with a young man who lost his brother nine years ago. And he just said to me today, I cannot believe I finally woke up. Like it took me nine years to process the death of my brother. I was mm-hmm. sixteen, I'm now twenty five. And I've been talking to this young man for nine years. And um so, you know, at every time he thought he had closure, he never had closure. And now he thinks he has closure, and who knows, maybe he does or he doesn't. But it is really one of those words that is, is so personal um, that I can really see how how um, it, it, it means different things for different people. And I think for the Find Me group, what we try and do as psychics, like, I know and, and um, the way that I work is I, I connect in a couple of different ways. I, I connect not only with the person who is missing or past because when you're a medium, you can actually connect with somebody who's alive, dead, or passed over or in a coma because you're, you're connecting to that energy, that essence of them. So I try and connect that way and in addition, then I also use my guides, my spiritual connection to be able to help me understand some of the information or the missing pieces that that kind of come together. And when you're talking to loved ones and um, helping to bring closure you know, in the best way that we can, it's just even those little small tidbits. I know that that we had a little experiment that Kelly may have talked about, the Lombardi case out in California, um, where a couple of the psychics went out there. And when we had an opportunity to connect with the family, they were so grateful. I mean, there was not yet at this point closure to the case. We had not yet... Gotten the murder victim, um, the murderer, um, but the who is a part of it. We have a good sense about it, however, but we did bring in a lot of information specific detailed information to the family about what had progressed in the two years since this man had been murdered his daughter had a baby he acknowledged the baby he talked about the names all these sorts of things that were so important to the family that that helped to bring closure even though that it was still on the books as an open case with the police Someone Yeah,
1: i think that was significant uh... for many many reasons uh, we talked about the energy that was there I experienced, and I do want to talk about that. Incidentally, so don't don't lose yeah, that. Don't thought go pattern. away with that. But, uh,
0: I wanted I to ask want. uh, both, both of you. MJ had just asked us a question on the chat line. How does Find Me test the psychic's ability before they're allowed to join this
1: group? Well, that's an easy question. Uh, I don't test the the psychic's ability, and the simple reason there is, um, they're coming with an unknown entity to me what i require of every member is that they do their very best and i don't keep a scorecard so if a psychic is wrong thirty times it really doesn't matter to me other than uh... you know they're wrong and and the only way they're they're going to know that they're wrong is the feedback we get from the family and police as the case progresses but the most important issue here is you know we want the information and if a psychic is trying to get into the group that thinks they're going to have a scorecard, right or wrong, then you know they're under the gun and maybe they're not you know doing what they would normally do in a relaxed environment. And um, so that particular issue is not important. It's the only reason it should be important is it should be important to the psychic. So if they're wrong 30 times, then they need to look at why they're wrong.
2: Well, you know, and I'd like to say to MJ Mm -hmm. that when I joined Find Me, you know, it it I had not been, uh, you know, practicing as a psychic for maybe two years, and the very first case I had worked on, not with Find Me, but on my own, was before I was even um, charging clients. It was in 1999, and it was a local case that I worked on, and it wasn't kind of my choice. It was... I was standing in a room and the spirit came in and just started screaming in my head to help me, help me. You know, they think my husband killed me. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. And, um, my husband walks by, sees my face. He said, Oh my God, you look <laughs> like you've seen a ghost. So I said, No, but I'm hearing one, you know. And, um, there was so much specific information and it, it, it was so random that I actually felt obligated to call the police. And when I did, I don't know if I ever told you the story. They actually, the cop took all the information down, and then he said, hang on, put me on hold. And then he put me on speaker. He says, you're on speaker now. I want you to repeat everything you told me. I repeated everything, and then I heard all these murmurs. Um, oh, and my. then he picked up the phone and said, okay, we want to work with you. We want the guy's name. We want his license plate. We want a serial number. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, what have I gotten myself into? You well, know, and it- most
1: of the times, you guys don't, you know, when you were working independently back then, you weren't getting that kind of a response from the police, which is why, you know, a lot of the psychics have joined the Find Me group because, the police didn't exactly treat them the way that they felt they should have been treated and i am that buffer for all of the psychics to give me the information and i'll get it into the right hands believe me on that it
2: it makes a huge difference a huge difference because you have the freedom to pass on the information let it go i felt like i i i did what i was supposed to do in relationship to helping that spirit And then I let go. And and, in and with Kelly's cases, when you're if you're one of the psychics that's really like hot on the trail, you know, so to speak, or really has a strong connection with the spirit, then you know he'll bring in the family, and you'll be able to connect with the family because you have that strong connection. And um, you know, and I think that it's really important that you know we're we're there for for the closure for the family to get what they what they need, which is answers about what's going on with their loved ones.
3: Well, also, uh,
0: an Arizona detective once told you, I think, Kelly, you told me this, that off the record, the biggest case the previous year was actually solved by a psychic and that you're not asking anybody to believe in the phenomenon, if I understand this, but rather just accept the information and see if it parallels some of the facts that are already going on in the investigation or offers a possible new leader clue that would fit in with what's going on. Is that the direction that we're talking about?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, the police know to some degree what direction they want to take, and all we're doing is adding leads to something that they may, like you said, parallel what they've already investigated. So uh, not every single item that I bring to the table, not every piece of information is going to be uh, looked at, and and they tell me that up front. So... Uh, any police officer that says that, you know, they have to respond to every single lead is, is, uh, not being 100% honest with, uh, with you or the public.
0: Well, it's the impossible. Is, it's well, impossible. They're, go- they're
1: going to do the best they can, but it also has to make sense. They're not going to fly to, you know, Timbuktu to work out a lead just because a psychic or anyone else that calls in anonymously tells them that. It has to make sense. Well, and So and, and that they kind of, prioritize, and that's what they should be doing.
0: And that kind of brings it to another question, which is why should an anonymous tip from some source that nobody knows anything about, or the authorities don't anyway, be given a better credence than an insight from someone who might have some psychic abilities?
1: Exactly. Certainly not from a bridge. group like
0: yours.
1: Well, we bridge that gap. You know, they're They're getting this information and, uh, and let them, you know, work it out. They, they know where they're heading with the investigation for the most part. So all we're doing is trying to assist them by handing them some leads. So I noticed we're, uh, getting close to a break. So I think what we'll do, uh, Peggy and Val is take a quick break. Yes. Come back and then we'll learn a little bit uh, more about Peggy and, uh, her profile.
0: And someone had asked Peggy to be thinking about what's your earliest psychic experiences. Okay. We'll be back with Find Me, Please Psychics. Back soon.
4: This is Paul Trulove on
1: Zeus Radio Network for hearwomentalk.com.
5: This is Dottie Laster, the host of Trafficked, an hour-long discussion about human trafficking in the United States. Join me as we meet guests from around the world and locally who are combating the fastest-growing crime in the world. Join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio.
0: When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try, Carolina Safari Jeep Tours.
1: Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours.
0: See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour.
4: Have you been scammed on Facebook? Do you know someone who has? Well, it's rampant. And Thursday on Vicky Child's show, P.I. Answers, Vicky, together with a computer forensics expert, exposes a band of thugs who have been masquerading as a U.S. general and scamming women around the world out of thousands of dollars. you will hear from real victims in Asia, Europe, and the U.S. Don't miss this special event when Vicki blows the whistle on the latest Internet trickery. That's Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilbert, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravel Resort. The Caravel Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa, featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800 507 9145.
3: Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network.
0: Police Psychics Find Me.
1: Back, everyone. This is Kelly Snyder with Valerie Graham, and our guest today is Peggy Ramito. Uh, we do have a caller, and before we get back to Peggy, real quickly, I would like to uh, uh, speak to the caller that's yes, coming we, we in. We do uh,
0: have a Laura, uh, Lori, I think. Laurie, excuse me, from Bellingham, Washington, to talk with us. Thank you for calling, Laurie. You're
1: welcome. Tell me a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish here, Laurie. Who's who's missing, and? Uh, and uh, if you could uh you don't have to uh, give me the name because I'm going to direct you a little bit as to how to uh, get that information to me but uh before we go too much further if you would please write down www.findme the number 2.com which is uh, our website for the group and uh you would go to the form that requests uh, for contact and uh then you can provide that information to me but i am interested Lori, what, what, uh, what is this individual missing and, and from uh, what city, what state and uh, when did he go missing?
2: Um, well, I probably should have read the post team more carefully, but... Uh, um,
1: well, is it a college student that's missing?
2: Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly.
1: Well, I think I know where you're headed with this. When we were on break, we talked a little bit, and, uh, I think the individual that you're referring to is a Dwight Clark, or,
0: uh, Taylor. You know, I just don't,
1: I don't have, well, it's not Taylor, I'm pretty sure it's not Taylor, but, uh, anyway, it's with the uh, college that's nearby. He went missing uh, three or four or five days ago, and it was a case that we were contacted on, so we are looking into it. As a matter of fact, uh, Shelly Hale, who, uh, Was on the show last week is actually on top of it and actually went to Bellingham a couple days ago, so yeah, we're we're looking at it. And uh, but if 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 it's not what I'm talking about, I do want you to go to the website and uh, and give me that information. But I do appreciate you calling in, Lori. Yeah,
2: that's
1: uh, um, www.findme2.com. Yes, it is. And I appreciate okay. your call. Thank you so much, and we'll uh, uh, we'll look into that once I get your uh, your email. Thanks for calling in, Laurie. Anyway, back to you, Peggy. Uh, Valerie, yeah. you, yes, you were going to mention something about uh, the uh, seventy-two or maybe it's eighty-two different things that Peggy does. I, uh,
0: oh yes, indeed. I mean, well,
1: moly moly, you know. not only that, and then a little later. Okay. document.
0: A little later, we were going to talk a little bit about some some very interesting uh, ideas and concepts that Peggy has. Peggy made a career as an intuitive healer, a teacher, a psychic medium, a mentor, a consultant, and an author with a new book uh, coming out, and you are internationally known for your clarity, authenticity, and accuracy, and you've done a lot of life transforming. And Deepak Chopra said about you, Peggy, that you have an extraordinary intuitive ability that could prove to be a useful resource for many. And, uh, and you have uh, helped, of course, as a member of Find Me, and in so many wonderful ways, uh, helping so many people both in business and in personal life to reach the most of their potential, which is one of the highest callings, I think, that, uh, that one can do. How did you well, start out in this?
2: Well, you know, it's not like you you grow up and say, "What do you want to be?" and you raise your hand and say, "I want to be a psychic." You know, that's <laughs> no. not quite how it worked, uh, at least for me. Um, you know, I was I was raised Catholic, and uh, I was always very sensitive as a child, and uh, I grew up on a farm in Iowa and big family, five brothers and a sister and um, my sister got married when i was young i was like 11 and all through kind of my years i had feelings uh where someone could enter the room and feel me or you know feel my feet you know i could feel things coming and going the end of my bed you know like somebody was sitting on the bed but i'd open my eyes and i wouldn't see anybody there but i'd feel the indentation of the bed go down and um, the, the very, very first experience—I know somebody wrote in and asked about this—and the very first ex- psychic experience I had, I was six years old, and my grandmother had passed away, and I walked out of my bedroom, and there she stood in her Sunday best, in her <laughs> suit with a little pillbox hat and a little netting and the white gloves. You know, I'm dating myself here, and um, and I heard her in my mind say, "Hello, Peggy." And, and I was so shocked and happy, and, and I said hello back. And then she faded away, and after she faded away, I felt like I could walk and kind of, you know, didn't want to walk through her, so I leaned against the wall and kind of shimmied by her and ran downstairs and told my entire family, I just saw Grandma. And, of course, you know, they all made fun of me and didn't believe me. And about a year later, I needed glasses. So I was the only kid, um, you know, in my family who had glasses because I actually believed and manifested I didn't see her. And so, consequently, all the other childhood experiences I had were all feeling sensitive. I couldn't see spirits anymore. I could only feel them, and which to me was actually so much scarier because before, at least I knew that was grandma. Now, you know, these energies are coming into my room. I have no idea who or what, and when you're raised Catholic, back in those days, you know, there was so much talk about the devil and everything, and, um, you know, none of us were worthy, so it was always something really scary in my mind that was in my room. And, of course, you know, I really believe that like energy attracts like energy, so all this fear would manifest more poltergeist energies that would really just torment me, you know, rip the covers off of me in the middle of the night, you know, icy cold fingertips on the back of my neck, and I literally um, slept with the light on until I was 30. I mean, I was just always <laughs> terrified, and, you know, it wasn't pretty, and um, and then I went through a stage uh, where I had lots of déjà vu and lots of uh, dreamy, dreams, premonitions, And um, they were, you know, they were okay. They were like fun things. Like, you know, I'd dream about a boy asking me out, and the next day he'd ask me out. Or, you know, a boy would give me flowers, and then, you know, 15 minutes later, uh, the the guy pulls up and is bringing flowers to my office. You know, all these kind of harmless things. But then um, when I was 24, I had a dream that my brother would be killed and uh... two weeks later he was killed in a car accident and then of course you know i wanted nothing again to do with anything around this or conversation and looking back i I completely understand why i had that dream it was really i was just being asked to pick up the phone and say hello to him and uh... to have another memory you know because we lived really far away by that time i was living in florida by myself and he was in iowa and uh, it was back long before cell phones were around. So it was, you know, when I was counting my pennies and to make a, you know, a long-distance phone call, I was raised so frugally that you didn't do that sort of thing unless you really had a reason. So to pick up the phone and just say, hey, how are you, for no reason, was really sort of out of our nature. So I didn't do it, and, and I understand, you know, why um, I had that dream. And, and now I've sort of maneuvered it um, <clears throat> into... Well there was uh, there was one other big thing that happened after after that brother passed I had another brother that was killed and that was about 10 years later and when that second brother was killed it just it crushed me I did not see it coming I was married three kids my children were 7 4 and 3 months old I was working full time in the real estate business with my husband and I had you know when my head hit the pillow there was no trains coming in And um, when he was killed, it was such a devastating blow that I really just begged and begged and begged to be able to say goodbye to him, because I didn't say goodbye to my other brother. And in that process of begging and asking to connect, I had three of the most amazing days of my life of being able to connect with my brothers, see my brothers, talk to my brothers. They returned things to me. They told me that we're fine missing things. It was just this amazing unfolding that happened, and it brought so much peace and healing to my immediate family that um, they didn't understand it, and they were a little afraid of it, mainly because... The the last brother who was killed heard voices, and not in a good way. He was actually on medication and was diagnosed. They didn't know if he was uh, schizophrenic or what, and they finally diagnosed him as a manic depressive. And um, my father's sister was institutionalized for years um, because she heard voices. And uh, so when I'm starting to hear voices, they, they don't know which way to go. And um, But, you know, thank God for my husband because he just has this strong gut instinct. So, you know, you people out there who say you see nothing or hear nothing or feel nothing, that's, you know, that's fine, but you still are connected through your gut. And those gut instincts, my husband said to me, you know what, you are so okay. And this is just that whole spiritual connection that I've been looking for, and here you found it. And uh, so he really made me feel safe, and he really gave me permission to explore it, and and actually pushed me to explore it, because he said to me, listen, you know, your first brother died, then your second brother died, and, you know, and you shut it off. He said, I'm not going to be the third guy here who's going down, because you're not paying attention to what God wants to tell you. So it was a little self-preservation, as he would tell the story. Um, hey Peggy, and, I wanted to.
1: Yeah. Let me interrupt you for just a second. What I wanted, we're going to take a break here a little bit, but I wanted to hit on that that you just brought out about your brothers and you could communicate with them. Yes. Uh, when we come back from the break, I'd like you to tell me. I, I'm curious because even though I I had heard this story a long time ago when we were talking, uh, I'm I'm wondering is part of your information you're getting do you think maybe that's coming from uh, your brothers that are out there trying to help you in the afterlife number one number two uh, this energy that we talked about in the Lombardi case when we were doing that experiment a couple months back uh, I, I still want to come back to that because it was sure. so significant and uh, you and yeah. I both know because we were both there um, uh, the impact it had on, on me and you and everyone that was there you know uh, taking notes on the experiment so uh, with that said uh, let's uh, take a break and uh,
0: and we will we'll, be right uh, we will be right back be
1: right back with hear women talk and uh, Peggy Rametto. see you in a little bit This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for hearwomentalk.com.
5: This is Dottie Laster, the host of Trafficked, an hour-long discussion about human trafficking in the United States. Join me as we meet guests from around the world and locally who are combating the fastest-growing crime in the world. Join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Women Talk Radio.
3: Have you always wanted a reading by a famous psychic detective or medical intuitive? I'm Annette. Hostess of Annette Martin's Psychic World, where you can call in or go to our chat room to get a free reading on my radio show. Our expert guests will be talking about ways to help you in your life. So give us a call and ask a question. Please join us every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Annette Martin's Psychic World.
5: Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843-361-2700 or visit MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advance tickets. The Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk.
4: Have you been scammed on Facebook? Do you know someone who has? Well, it's rampant. And Thursday on Vicky Child's show, PI Answers, Vicki, together with a computer forensics expert, exposes a band of thugs who have been masquerading as a U.S. general and scamming women around the world out of thousands of dollars. You'll hear from real victims in Asia, Europe, and the U.S., Don't miss this special event when Vicki blows the whistle on the latest Internet trickery. That's Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. Hi,
3: this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network.
0: Police psychics. Find me.
1: Back, everyone. Kelly Snyder here with Valerie Graham, and our guest today is Peggy Ramito. Uh, Valerie, you had uh, just yes, before, we had a question uh, on the chat line.
0: And yeah, something. and and someone asked a very interesting question from our Hear women Talk, uh, dot com chat line, and they asked when you uh, to you Peggy why you thought a ghost or spirit would appear in clothing. Um, because you mentioned all these particular clothing that you had seen the spirit of your grandmother in. Is there a reason for that, or what is your opinion can of that? I think
2: it, it's because that's what I saw. <laughs> okay. I, I opened, you know, I walked out of the bedroom door, and she was standing there. Yes. <laughs> and, and she was standing there fully clothed, just like I remember her as mm-hmm. a little girl going to church. And so when I walked out of my bedroom door, there was no thinking going on. It was just like, there she was. So that, it, it wasn't anything that, I mean, it's because that was my experience, is I okay. saw her fully clothed. Mm-hmm.
0: So there's no particular reason why, uh, how you would explain the image of a, a spirit projecting themselves in clothing.
2: No, um, other than that, how she wanted to show herself to me, how she wanted to be presented to me. Okay. And, um, and that's, Now I've, I will say, I've had other experiences with with other um Spirits that have shown themselves to me, and they've just been glowing outlines, and I can see their face and, the, and all of their body, but it's just simply glowing, and there's no body, there's uh, uh, no clothing. And then I've seen spirit guides who've appeared to me, and when they've appeared, they very much were, you know, sitting on a pillow, and and in in, you know, um, th- that particular spirit was bare-chested. It was reminded me of. Um, I'm going brain dead here. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> a genie. <laughs> yeah, well, not quite a genie, but yeah, but, but more of the, the Eastern, you know, sitting on the pillows and connecting. Yes. And, yes. and I, actually his name is Simon and, and he actually works with me with a lot of the energy work. Um, there, there was a, a time when I actually had an experience. I talk about it in my book, um, but just came out with Hay House, uh, called the little book of big promises. And I mentioned in there an experience I had with another healer. And as he was sending energy to my eyes, I, all of a sudden, the whole room changed, and all I saw was, um, just, I want to say, it was like a white cloud, all the furnishings all apart, and then all of a sudden, all these um, physical beings started to take over where my friend David was sitting, started to go over his body, overlay his body, and each one... Came in for about three seconds, and it was black and white, and they were fully clothed. And one was a doctor, and one was because it had a he had a stethoscope around his neck. There was an angel. I saw mark archangel Michael. It was a a shield, um, and one was an Indian. One was an old wives' woman. I mean, on and on, and then each one showed themselves to me about three times, and I was told that they were master teachers who helped me, um, and that would I was never to ask. Or a name that I was always just to ask from God that whoever this person needed that my job was to always never know what that person needs and to only support them and to ask god or the light to give me that information to provide and so from that day forward i've never really asked for a specific guide i've always just asked for god to lead it and um but you know to answer kelly's question he brought up do i think that my brothers are behind this yes Um, yes. absolutely i would say that their spirits are part of this uh, this connection that i share that when I go to my medium channel, which is more like the right ear, when I receive information and in that connection, when I'm working specifically on these cases, I'm connecting more with the person's personality who has left. And then when I connect over uh, above the crown of my head, that's what I call like my main channel or my main source that I connect to, which to me encompasses all of our, um, the best part of ourselves, the highest part of ourselves, so we don't recognize always the essence of my brother in that because you know the bigotry is not there none of those things are there you know it's only the most purest part of the soul that I'm connecting with that I'm able to in this physical reality and so balancing those two uh, along with feeling things um, is how I kind of draw conclusions which which brings us back to that Lombardi case again Kelly huh Yeah,
1: yes. I wanted to talk about that because again it's the whole thing with energy the whole thing where you're getting this information coming through and the difference is the obvious thing almost all of the cases we work the psychics are sitting at home they're meditating at home or or wherever they do this and uh the difference i, I wanted to hear you say cuz it certainly affected me is is the feeling you had you know from all perspectives uh you know everywhere you can think of when we were actually on the scene that we did this you know quasi reenactment of the of the murder that day
2: yeah it, it was you know what's interesting is you know for seven or eight years i had never met kelly so can you imagine i've been worth the oh, years no. for eight years have never met this man until this past may and um, so it was really interesting to be invited to go out and to you know, be part of this experiment to see what would happen and so all the time i would sit down at my computer i would receive information i would send it in on a form send it to Kelly. And, um, and that was kind of the process I went through and did the best job that I could. And I always wanted to go to the to the, the crime scene or to the last place where the person might be just to see if the read would get a little bit different. And I tell you, I was so startled because when we pulled up, we were, um, you know, we kind of stood back on the sidewalk. And and they actually brought the victim's car and put it back in the driveway in, in the home where he was murdered. And... Um, you know, he was actually killed in his car in his driveway. So that part they reenacted. And we were sitting across the street, and uh, so all of the, the three of us, psychics and Kelly, all decided to walk up. And as we started to walk up, as soon as I took one step onto the sidewalk where the house was, I was hit with this wall of grief. I mean, just went into my body, and I just started sobbing. Now, I immediately was aware, as I was sobbing, that this was not his pain, but this was connected to the family's grief. And I'm also aware that the family is is standing back watching us, and I didn't want to put them in any more pain, so I immediately left that wall of grief, turned around and walked out of it, and immediately drained from me. And I, and I looked and I said, listen, that's, that's not what you just saw me experience was not his pain. That's the family's pain. And and that's when I looked at Kelly, and he he had hit the same wall of grief, and his face was so just, um, you know, confused. Like, what the hell is this? I mean, I think you said something to the effect of that. Do you remember, well, I Kelly? said,
1: yeah, I, I said, where in the hell did this come from? Because oh. I... Uh, you know, I'm supposed to be the hard-ass at the scene, you know, sort of taking in the information, and uh, I'm sitting there crying like a baby and didn't really understand why. You know, I, yeah, I I knew the family, but I didn't really know them. I hadn't met any of them. And, uh, so this came I, I out of
0: nowhere to you.
1: Well, yeah, so I'm sitting there, you know, doing what I'm doing, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to get the information as the uh... experiment is going on e- even though we're tape recording it i still wanted to hear it you know and see their facial reactions from Peggy and and then the other two people that were there which was uh... shelley uh... uh hale and uh... sunny dawn johnson and and then actually uh, chris robinson uh... was uh... trying to do a long distance thing with us while he was in uh... in england and uh... quite frankly i forgot to ask him last week how that went but uh, anyway Peggy, continue. Yeah, you're right. It it was a wall of something.
2: Yeah, it was. Well, you know, you, you hear about this all the time in haunted houses or a place like that. There's some trauma has occurred, and because there's that trauma, there's that infusion of energy that's so much more intense. And when we're sitting at home, you know, across the country, I live in Florida. Here, this happened in Los Angeles. And when I worked on that case from Florida, I had information, but I didn't get that punch in the stomach. I didn't get that visceral feeling and the intensity of, of everything that went on. It was more like taking dictation sort of thing. And when you were actually there on the crime scene, you were put in it. I mean, it was riveting. And even the information I felt for myself became so much more specific, and I don't know if you remember, this Kelly. We were sitting in the back of the truck, and we were heading to the bank um, to to um, to look at one of the places where he think we think he might have been followed. And I was I was asking where you know where you know if the guys um, who had done this to him, if they followed him, if they were waiting for him, or where they were at. And what came up was Baskin-Robbins. And I'm like, Baskin-Robbins? And I saw this purple and pink building, and I'm like, well, does... And I just opened my eyes and I said, does anybody notice you like ice cream? <laughs> and nobody really said anything. I'm like, what the heck, Baskin-Robbins? We pull up to the bank, and directly across the street is a building that used to be an old Baskin-Robbins. Oh, my. And I had also gotten that there was a dumpster right behind this building, and right there was a dumpster, and we walked over there, and all of us psychics could feel that that energy was there of of the anxiety of, of these individuals who pulled off this crime and um so it was just it was so amazing to watch the entire day unfold well
1: and that's it's the key component to that is guess what i mean here here it is uh another example of the energy because all three of the people that were there the psychics you know sunny Shelley and uh and um getting Sonny Shelley and Peggy well we were all standing there they're going through the same emotions the same energy I didn't feel it as much at the second place but certainly uh, they did and of course you know that's that's their intuitiveness and their psychics ability coming forward but uh, it was huge there too I mean I could see the same emotions yeah. from all three of you right there
0: one of our chatters well, think- said it's giving them goosebumps just hearing yeah. about this
2: completely it was you know it was really interesting that um, you know we had Shelly Hale who's a private investigator and a psychic private investigator as well amazing individual and and very gifted at what she does and um, she said to me you know we were in the car, you know, trying to figure out the day and uh, before we're getting started and some of these things. And she said, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, you're going up on all these tangents, and, and I just want the murderer. Just give me the murderer. And I said, Shelly, I said, I want the same thing, but, you know, everything comes in in the puzzle piece. So people who don't understand psychics need to understand that we don't have control of what comes in. We ask a specific question, and then you get a specific response, and that puzzle piece comes in, and then you have to sort of figure out where those puzzle pieces go. So Shelly has her process. I have my process. Sunny has her process. And, you know, the under, you know, 99 psych- psychics that work with Find me for now have theirs.
1: And, and Peggy... Um, so I- Mm-hmm. What I wanted to get to too is is the the key component that we we keep uh, you know gearing ourselves to is that collaboration with the psychics because you're getting something she's getting something and we're going to jump into a, a break and I, I I feel the excitement here for the crescendo but I did want to get the break out and then come back and wrap it up with uh, everything that's going on emotionally with you guys Can you're and, and
0: Kelly cycle. if anyone wants yes. to call us directly they can call us at nine one four Three three eight eleven eighty six, 1186 or go to hearwomentalk.com and chat with us on the chat line. We'll be right nice. back.
1: This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for
4: hearwomentalk.com. Hi, this is Kay Van Hoosen, founder of Hear Women Talk. Every Monday you can return to love with Jen Ward in genuine healing. Jen is an empath, a healer, and an intuitive. And Jen will show you how to remove blockages, heal yourself, and feel love. That's Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern. On Hear Women Talk.
5: Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843 361 2700 or visit MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advanced tickets
3: and the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Hi, I'm Annette Martin. My show, Annette Martin's Psychic World, is all about you. Call or use chat to talk with my intriguing guests or ask me an on-air psychic question. Every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific 2 p.m. Eastern we will have an expert with words of wisdom to assist you with your life so sit back relax and listen to Annette Martin's psychic world on Here Women
4: Talk Dot com. Have you been scammed on Facebook? Do you know someone who has? Well, it's rampant. And Thursday on Vicki Child's show, PI Answers, Vicky, together with a computer forensics expert, exposes a band of thugs who have been masquerading as a U.S. general and scamming women around the world out of thousands of dollars. You'll hear from real victims in Asia, Europe, and the U.S. Don't miss this special event when Vicki blows the whistle on the latest Internet trickery. That's Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. Hi, this
3: is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network.
0: The least psychics find me.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Kelly Snyder with Valerie Graham, and uh, we're here with Hear Women Talk, and also uh, here with Peggy Rametto. I did want to uh, get back to that crescendo. I I uh, yes. use that word on the end, and uh, Peggy, uh, continue on that. You know the energy field and everything that we are heading for to uh, just before the break, because uh, uh, there is some interest from the chat room as to whether or not we found. You know the murderer and everything, but uh, and I can that answer happened, that. You go yeah. ahead, go ahead, and uh, continue with what your feelings well, were at the you scene know, that day.
2: It was a, it was a fascinating process because you know we were as psychics you know we would go get our own information and then we would come back to see if it made sense with the rest of uh, of the team and there were different times when my information didn't match up with the other girls or the other girls information you know it, it was there it was back and forth and and um, and so there was a little bit of frustration you know and uh, but at the same time we all are are very competent and feel very um, powerful in our own abilities, so we weren't really negating what we were getting, we just didn't quite understand why it wasn't exactly what she was getting, so or the other person was getting. So what happened was, as ultimately what it turned out to be, is one of the um, connections that I felt so strongly about, and um, and the other girls felt as well, it ended up being that this, um, this man had never been interviewed by the police and he had offered several times but, but for whatever reason who knows um, anyway needless to say he once he was interviewed they discovered that he had seen a man, uh, two men sitting in front of the victim's home and uh, when he pulled in they took off and he distinctly remembers the face so they went ahead and did an artist rendering of this man's face and when they did that That face looked just like one, a couple of the other psychics who had picked out was the killer and so it was really interesting. So two of us had the guy's name, who actually could provide the eyewitness, and the other psychics were able their their picture matched up matched up with the artist rendering. So we were all used to bring the case to come together. So it was really amazing. And then and then Kelly, we turn it over to Kelly. And then Kelly turns it over to the police, and so Kelly, you can explain where the case well, the, is at now. Yeah,
1: the, the important thing that happens here, and, and this is something that was key component of what we did for the experiment, is everyone was giving me information, you know, separately, and then I take that information and and I don't condense it. I just take the information that is provided from all the psychics in the group, and then I uh, put it on a police form that I send to the police, but here what happened and we we discovered this while we were doing it is we had the opportunity to sit down and discuss the case and Peggy's not changing what she got and she never should because what she has uh... Exactly. In information is important and but what we did was when we started consolidating it all of a sudden it started putting the pieces of the puzzle together so it, it just opens the door even wider that if we had you know let's say five psychics there or ten or twenty You know, and then we go back to a room. Everyone is giving me their information separately, and no one is sitting there, you know, collaborating and
2: working together. Yeah, this was the first time we had ever collaborated ever in the ten years I was in the group. Yeah.
1: And we did it. We did it because we sort of had to, and then. But it was obvious that's what we should be doing, and uh, so also that was very
0: powerful. I mean, incredibly powerful. So the
1: end result is I. I went to the police, asked them if they wanted to interview the guy. They said no, so I interviewed him. I received permission from them. I interviewed the guy. He he was adamant that he thought that these guys were wrong. There was something they were doing that wasn't right. Why would they be sitting at you know quarter after five in the morning and in front of the house? Well, obviously they were casing it out. So as they're leaving, he gets an absolute one-on-one shot of the driver and the passenger and then he goes to the artist the sketch artist and we get a picture and we present the picture to the police and what they're doing with it i don't know because again uh... they don't have to tell me anything i'm i'm john q citizen so uh... you know we rely on the family and what little tidbits we can get from the police because obviously we want to give back to the psychics in the group as much information as possible for them to validate you know the information they're providing to me so uh, and ultimately and, and different police, police departments
2: respond differently too i mean there's Correct. other police departments where yeah where they're just begging the group to you know all of our resources and so once you say telly that you, you know every organ like all organizations are run differently
1: well and the cool thing that's going on here is not only did we provide the the sketch and we you know we actually took a picture an actual picture of one of our suspects and put the picture and the sketch next to each other and guess what they're identical oh, and really? everyone knows who that individual is and we give that to the police and what are they doing with it I don't know but I well. hope they're doing the right thing and and I got to tell you I sent it to you know friends and family and I said do you think these anybody in this photograph looks similar to the sketch and they all pointed to the same individual so you know does that mean it's true no but it certainly means something and they should be maybe taking it to that step if if in fact they uh... haven't done that already and you know more importantly that little collaboration with all of the psychics there that day and myself came up with additional names that we ultimately through Shelley doing background checks and stuff uh... we came up with other names that are also potential suspects so uh, there's something to this, and I think we've hit something extremely important. We just need to do more of it, and that is the direction would, we're going.
2: Yeah, I would say to any anybody out there who you know is is dabbling in this, um, because that's what I used to do. It was a way for me to practice my intuitive skills. I would look at whatever whodunit was in the news or, you know, try and pick a football game or try and pick an Emmy uh, winner or whatever, just, you know, anything out there so I could be validated. Um, You know, I would get into gratification two or three days later, you know, especially if it was a sporting event. I might get it, you know, three hours later just to practice my intuition. And, And one of the things is you never want to negate anything that comes in. It's where it's your interpretation of it, but what you're receiving is always right. And sometimes it may be like you know, uh, I remember you know when we were doing that case, I saw a picture of my nephew, and I went, Mario. Why is Mario? Well, they wanted me to have the name Mario, and, oh, I, and they were using my clues, own references. So, yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> and that was the key. Mario was the father of the guy we ended up interviewing, and he's the one that gave us the sketch. So, I mean, it all tied together, and, hey, Peggy, we're just about to end the show, but before I did, I I was curious, you know, when I was doing your, um, basically getting all the information uh, from your profile, came across the uh, the point of origin, which yes. is a uh, point of, it's a topic in your book. Can you explain that uh, before we... Uh, uh, end the show today please
2: sure sure the, the point of origin is um is something that we all connect to and i i just call it it's a, it's a still point of you know just perfect trust and infinite possibility we can all connect to it at any time it's that space you know when you just get really quiet you're able to access it all the answers are there all the questions you don't even know what to ask It's really that finite point of creation that ties us to the creator and that really gives us um, the essence of who we are. And we all have access to that. And when you just get quiet and do breathing, you know, just breathe in and out and just relax, that point actually just comes to you. It's just right there and it opens up. A lot of times I explain it like a, a cartoon character, you know, like when those thought bubbles come above their head. It's like that. It's just being able to access that thought bubble and you just get there by just breathing relaxing asking a specific question and then seeing what comes up
0: well i hope a lot of our listeners will try that a quick note we the chat room did ask if it was frustrating not to get answers from the police about the work you did and also um do you work with the police on a regular basis back and forth if well, the answer one.
1: is, mm-hmm. the answer Go is ahead. it's frustrating to all of us that we don't get a lot of answers because that's how we validate and that's how sure. we get better at what we do, number one. And I think Peggy will, uh, agree with that. But yeah, we, the only cases we will work on is with the police. We do not work with families. We take the information from the families, but we have to have a venue in order to give the information to because it, in some cases it involves a suspect and, you know, we, the police are the authority. They are doing everything they can to try to help these families. All we're doing is adding a little bit more to the game, and uh, we're hoping what we provide to them helps them resolve or solve the case and uh, bring uh, closure to the, uh, to the case. So with that, Peggy, thank you so much. It was great uh, talking to you again. And uh, Val?
2: Yes, we look
0: forward we- to seeing you next time. And this, of
2: course, thank, thank you so much for having me. And if anybody's interested in in connecting with me personally, you can just go to my website, pegyramito.com. And or you can buy my book at Amazon, or you can go to my website and download a free um, the first chapters free and a couple of meditations are free on there, and that's just my name P-E-G-G-Y-R-O-M-E-T-O dot com. But thank you for having me. I Find Me is an amazing organization. So if you have a few extra bucks and you want to donate it someplace great, Find Me can always use the money um, <laughs> because <laughs> we never you know to get more on site would be such a I think we could really solve a lot more cases.
0: Well, thank you really very do. much. Thanks, and we'll you. look forward to seeing you next time. At the same time, this has been produced okay. and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network.
1: Kiss your Thanks, pets on. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for hearwomentalk.com.
4: Have you been scammed on Facebook? Do you know someone who has? Well, it's rampant. And Thursday on Vicki Child's show, P.I. Answers.